people think just because they tweet about it or it's made public and stuff that they can't go back. I really don't care. I will go back and say that, you know, it just wasn't working out business wise. We have a better process now. And, you know, now we're offering design again. People shouldn't be scared that just because they tweeted about it or they let people know one decision that they can't go back on it. Honestly, Ammo's been a failure until recently. Hitting the lowest of lows, had no type of clients that really ended up pushing me to want to have a different approach and strategy. I don't know if I thought things were just going to come to me now every day and like I'm just making it happen. Hello and welcome to Talks with Sarah No Socks, a podcast about failure and how it's leading us to success. Each week, I sit down on Mondays and share my weekly failures with you. And I'm joined on Fridays with a special guest who's sharing their own story of failure and how that's led to their current success. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks. This week, I'm sitting back down with Diego, and I can't wait to chat with him again. We spoke in December 2020 when he was going through another change. Um, He was a social media manager at that time, and so much has happened since then. He's now the founder of Ammo Studio, which is an official Webflow partner, and he has really ramped up this studio, I want to say, over like the last six months, maybe even less. So... I just want to dive in and hear everything that's happened since we went from social media manager to Webflow partner (laughs) and studio uh, launch. So Diego, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you. It was was awesome uh, chatting with you last time. So I'm really excited about this time as well. Yeah, I can't wait. So December 2020 feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, But at that time, you were social media manager for another no-code tool. And then things kind of changed. So why don't you pick us up from there and what changed uh, since December? Sure. Um, so yeah, I started, or I was doing the social media last time we spoke. Um, that was my first like foot in the door in the startup world. If before that, or I guess even during, I was uh, you know doing like physical labor stuff. Uh, at the time I was doing like Amazon delivery um, and I cold emailed myself into the job. And then a couple months in, uh, just wasn't working out on both for both parties. And so, um, we decided to call it, you know, quits and stuff. And then, um, I was looking for other social media jobs cause I just, that's what I was, um, I guess doing at the time. And people were always telling me that I was doing a pretty good job. Um, and so I had a lot of companies reach out once I made like a post about it. Um, and then, you know, I was getting pretty close to signing with, a couple or a company and I just realized I don't even like social media that much you know what I mean um <laughs> like I was just like bro I don't even like this um yeah so um I kind of thought about what I wanted to do and I realized that I really like building stuff um and designing and so I just randomly started on um, thinking about uh making a webflow agency and uh kind of retaught myself webflow that month um, in February, just because I haven't used it in a while since I was working at a, a competitor's uh, company. So I was using that platform more. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so when, at what time did you start to launch the agency? Was that right in January, February, March, somewhere around in there? So it was like February. It was like probably okay. a couple days or like a week or so like after I stopped working at that uh, the Noka platform. And yeah, okay. February 2021. Wow. Okay, so February 2021, and we're October 2021. That's a lot to launch an entire agency. And I'm sure it wasn't easy. So why don't you talk us through getting to the first client? Sure. Um, yeah, like I have, and I still kind of don't sometimes know exactly what I was doing. Um, you know, I was just trying to figure it out. I was watching like YouTube videos or um, I think I had a couple calls with people who have successful um, either agencies or studios, thanks to some friends I have, um, some founders who you know worked with them, and he put me in touch with them, um, and they gave me some really good advice and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of went on the California um, government business website or whatever, and then I filed my LLC and then set up a little bank account on Mercury. And then I just found this tool called Bonsai that um, helps with like contracts and invoicing and all this stuff. And then I made a tweet about it um, that I was going to launch it. And then I got a 
email from a like a kind of like the same day or the next day or something um, from like a client, but they kind of already had their site built. They just needed like uh, maintenance work. So it was kind of like just like hourly. Um, and so like I invested money into like getting my site built or site design because I wasn't going to do design at the time. Um, I wasn't confident in my design abilities at the time. And then, uh, you know, all the tools I would need to kind of run everything. And so the first month I was like negative $1,500 in profit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, I started working with that, that company. Um, and I guess that was like my first client. So it was kind of fast, but it wasn't anything crazy. It was just hourly at a low hourly rate. Cause I didn't really know what to price. Um, right. Yeah. I think it was like 50, 50 or something. Um, and then, yeah, kind of, that's how it started. <laughs> Amazing. So you just went for it. Like, that's what I hear out of that whole thing. You decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to ask a couple people. I think that's one of the most important things to keep in mind that <laughs> none of us know what we're doing, but somebody has done it before. So reach out to the people who have done it before and then just go. Like you literally just went for it and said, I'm going to put myself out there and see what happens. And you landed a client and just gone from there. I love that you exposed that, you know, you weren't making profit right away. I think a lot of people assume that you're going to land like a $10,000 client that first tweet. And that's just not how it goes. <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't have a portfolio, honestly. Like I was hitting up some friends to see if I can do their sites for free and mm -hmm. stuff. And those didn't even pan out. Like I'd never, it just never happened for some reason, even though it was free. Um, so I kind of just started doing my own designs. Um, so I had something, right. you know what I mean? And I mean, it wasn't wasn't really good at all. And then, but that's just kind of how I, you know, got started. I just started doing my own designs and um, trying to reach out to people and stuff. Yeah, and I saw you consistently shared them on Twitter. That's one of the main things that yeah. a lot of designers and de developers kind of we uh, shoot ourselves in the foot because we do all this great work and we share it amongst our peers behind closed doors, but we don't actually ever put it out there. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> what was the feedback like when you started to put it out there, knowing that you were new into this industry? You know, you didn't have a, a formal design background, but you were trying to, did you receive good feedback? Yeah. Um, it was, it was pretty decent. Um, Cause I guess for anyone who doesn't know, like I started teaching myself design when I was a security guard the year before, um, at late night shifts or graveyards, and I just started teaching myself stuff. Um, and so it's kind of like been on and off, uh, learning it and getting better. Um, but at first it was just like a notion doc. I didn't even have a website or anything like that. Um, and I wasn't getting a lot of, uh, conversions from it, uh, just cause it didn't really look professional. And I don't think I really had like a actual, uh, URL for like the first month or two. Um, so yeah, I mean, lately we've been posting our, our work a lot more, but before you will never find anything posted. Like that wasn't, that was actually client work just because one, it wasn't that good too. Like, um, it wasn't that many clients mm -hmm. in the first yeah. place. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I kind of do it now just to keep things or keep my top of mind for people, um, who are, you know, eventually going to come across someone who needs Webflow or need Webflow themselves and stuff. That's why I posted about it. No, I think it's great. You always have to keep posting. There's so much work that so many of us, everybody had to start somewhere. <laughs> We're not all proud of yeah. everything that we've done. I have so much work that I used to post on Dribble that I went through it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to delete this. <laughs> this is terrible. But it, you know, you need to kind of save that for yourself to know how far you've come. Sometimes I think it just feels really reassuring to look back and go, oh no, okay. All right. I'm moving forward. You know, yeah. how has it been looking at other Webflow agencies? Are you falling into the comparison trap or are you trying to, you know, just do a good job of staying in your own lane and comparing yourself to yourself and not anybody else? Yeah, um, hundred percent. I do. I still kind of compare myself to other agencies. I see, you know, I see little tweets here and there that people have like, you know, 20 active projects or, you know, they're like, oh, the demand for Webflow is so crazy. Like I'm flooded and stuff. And I'm just like, dang, I'm not, you know what I mean? Um, and so I kind of like doubt myself sometimes even still. It was like, you know, I'm not getting all these super, super consistent leads. Um, or like I see, you know, people work with in these super crazy animations. And, um, you know, I'm just 
that's not my strong suit personally is animations. I'm still working on that. And so I'm just like, dang, you know, like, how am I going to be able to compete with these type of guys or girls um, that are, you know, making these insane projects? Um, so, yeah, it still, it still happens. It's the biggest issue I see, and I fall prey to this too. You're always comparing yourself to other people. But I think it's important to try and when that happens, take a minute and say, okay, but maybe that's what they're known for. Maybe they are a Webflow mm -hmm. animation studio. You know, maybe they are a Webflow customization studio and they add on a lot of Java, you know, like, so everybody's got their own little niche and again, falling back to remember how far you've come and how much you've grown in yeah. such a short span is really, really important to keep in the back of mind. Yeah. Like that's actually something I try to think about that helps me a lot is that these people have been doing it for years and years and years. And like, this is like, I'm less than a year in, yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I was like, and honestly, like we've been actually like full time, like trying to really push ammo for like last like three months or four months uh, before that was kind of just like back and forth, um, trying to find new jobs and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's just, it's only been less than a year that I've been doing this stuff. So, um, you know, it's, I try not to compare myself anymore just because I I think about that, that people have been doing this for a long time. Um, and yeah. I'm interested to hear what it was like to decide to start a studio instead of just becoming a freelancer and looking for a full-time role. Did you know automatically that you always wanted Ammo to be a studio and not just, you know, you working as a freelancer? I honestly don't know why I did the studio. I think like I, this is the first time I've ever done any type of like freelance slash agency slash anything of this nature. Um, like I've never, ever done anything like this before. And I think I just wanted to kind of look bigger than I was so that I can eventually charge more. You know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. when I was uh, yeah. by myself on ammo, I'd always say we in like emails or like calls and stuff like that. Um, you know, just try to make it seem like we're like a legit studio or agency or whatever. Um, but no, like I guess no specific reason besides like maybe being able to charge more eventually. Yeah, interesting. So how long did it take you from being a, a studio of one, <laughs> but we, quotes, we <laughs> to actually bringing on folks? What was that that kind of transition like? And how did you go about hiring people? Um, so, yeah, so I started it in February and I had my first like contractor in uh, August. Um, so like five or six months or something okay. like that. Um, I... I don't know. I think I was like watching videos or something like that. And they're like, oh, to scale, you're going to need a team because you can't take on all these projects yourself. And then it was like, oh, that's true. Um, and so I was actually friends with um, this girl named Kaylee um, for a while because I was actually doing a demo with her on the, the platform that I used to work at. Um, that's how I, that's oh, how yeah. I met her. Yeah. And then we kind of just kept in touch here and there. And then um, she was like asking me questions about uh, freelancing and stuff like that. And then I'm just like, oh, well, like, do you want to just kind of work with me? Um, I have some projects and stuff. And she, yeah, ever since then, it's been kind of just like almost full time, basically, because she just has so much stuff going on um, or like projects for her and stuff. Um, but that was just lucky. Like I've had other people I've tried to uh, hire as contractors and, you know, like I didn't do a really good job like vetting or like I kind of just like, all right, you know, I need help right now. Let's. Let's go and see what we can do. Um, and then it didn't work out. The project wasn't, you know, good quality or, or something like that. And um, yeah, so it's kind of been like a hit or miss for certain things. Growing pains, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Have you been keeping track of that now so that you can maybe come up with some sort of internal vetting process or documentation process as you continue to grow and look for Yeah, that's actually what we're um our biggest issue right now is that we are having those growing pains. You know, sometimes the um the quality is going down a little bit or like uh things are not as efficient as they probably should be. Um just because we're trying to manage so many projects and then uh I don't have a yeah good documentation or SOPs in place. And that's on me, obviously. Um, and so that's what uh, me and my project manager are going to start working on within these next couple of weeks to try to get a really solid system down um, so that, you know, we can bring people on. And then this is what, you know, this is how we do things over here and stuff and um, and make it just more efficient and stuff. Yeah. 
it's always interesting. I know I watch a lot of these videos and see a lot of people tweeting who are very successful agency mm -hmm. owners, and it always comes back to documentation and vetting. Like what what are you doing and how are you doing it so that when people come in, they kind of understand how this studio runs and, you know, what the work expectations are. So I think that will definitely help yeah. you a lot. I hope so, <laughs> yeah, because it just, yeah, just, it's a problem right now, so. It's hard. I think it's really difficult. Talk to me about how you've been dealing with folks now. Have you just been using referrals from, you know, mutual friends that you know or just going by tweets or both or how have you been kind of getting folks in? Um, so I've worked with a like a few uh, contractors now um some for like smaller projects some just for like animation help um and it's been like just people who reached out to me and like uh just dm me and stuff and like you know i've talked to them and if they're cool so it's like one of them or two of them like i've talked to them for a couple of weeks before i even you know gave them anything and then i gave them a shot and um Two of them have done a great job, and so I'm probably gonna keep throwing them work. And then um, there's this other uh, this other lady who posted a template that I saw on um, on Twitter. And it kind of blew up. It was like kind of like over 100 likes. She used the the client first system, and I really liked it. it everything looked really nice, and so I reached out to her kind of right away. Um, and I had a just a call with her, kind of talking about everything. Um, and I'm probably gonna be working with her soon. So it's kind of just been Twitter and. Um, yeah, there's some people reaching out, but like, you know, I, I there's a, been other people who reached out who are just, the work isn't there. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not at a point yet where I'm like being able to train, uh, super inexperienced people yet. Um, we eventually want to get to the point, but I need people who really know what they're doing and like, you know, don't have these, uh, these problems that are kind of like common sense when building stuff. Um, you know, just from like an experience, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm kind of just looking for people who are really talented and skilled and just kind of know what they're doing. And eventually we can set up a program where we, uh, train people. Really interesting to hear how you're finding people. So you're letting people DM you, but also reaching out to talent that you see again, another reminder, uh, I know my friend Dan Petty always says, <laughs> you have to share your work. You got to just put it out there because you never know who's watching. You have no idea who's going to come across that tweet. It could be a week later, a month later, maybe they're searching, you know, and, and they come across your work. So you kind of always have to share it so that you are available and top of people's minds. Like if that girl didn't post that, uh, that template, I would have never have seen her profile ever, but it just, it was really nice. And I just found out recently that she designed it too. And I was just like, Oh my God. Have you used any kind of, uh, services or anything like that to find contractors, any platforms? Not yet. No, no way of going about is kind of seeing you know, kind of doing the same thing where uh, I see people post their work and like, are they involved in the community? And then, you know, I, I always peep things like even people with small amount of uh, followers and stuff like um, I'll check them out and stuff and see if uh, if they're good. I don't really care about how many followers you have. If you're good and you're trustworthy, you can get things done on time and high quality, then, you know, I'll work with you and stuff. So, um, yeah. Very cool. And you, you work uh, globally, right? With people around the yeah. globe? I have, uh, I've had contractors in India, Poland, Berlin, and then United States. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I, it's just amazing to me how much you've done in such a short amount of time and how much you continue <laughs> to grow. You touched a little bit on community there, but I, I wanted to kind of circle back around to that. How important is the, the Webflow community and the design community in helping you continue to grow your business? What what kind of role has community been playing? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been actually you know really important. Like um, I probably not as active as I should be, and I'm I'm gonna start working on you know just replying to people who are having Webflow troubles or just talking about Webflow and engaging with them. Um, but a lot of client work has came because people are tagging me in certain things or like when I kind of reach out myself. A lot of people will follow up and be like, oh, plus one for Diego or I bought a tag. I was about to tag you um, or like I really recommend Diego and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't know exactly how it came about. I guess just making friends and just being, being cool and stuff um, because, you know, there's people who are making those tweets looking for Webflow developers. They'll see that, you know, like four or five people are commenting on my post recommending me versus other people who don't have anyone, you know, additional comments 
uh, recommending them. So it kind of, you know, really helps out on that. And then even agency owners uh, who are, I guess, like, quote unquote, competitors or whatever, um, they're referring me stuff or they're like uh, saying like that they uh, like we're a good agency or we're on the come up and stuff like that, you know, or like shout out to us. Um, So it's been it's really, really been great. Yeah. That's awesome. I do think that there is a very, well, we all know there's a huge Webflow community, whether it be on official channels or not. Those of us who are very active on Twitter, especially in the no-code Webflow space, are very aware of who the agencies are. And I do see a lot of inner referrals and a lot of tagging like, oh, you know, we're a little booked up or that's not our type of project. And um, it would be interesting to see how folks kind of get together behind the scenes because I do think there's a lot of, of availability for collaboration across yeah. different agencies to really help each other and just elevate the whole community. So, yeah, definitely. Cause, um, there's certain, yeah, like how you mentioned, there's like certain projects aren't people's specialty or they're booked up or something like that, or that, you know, they just don't have that, um, expertise in a certain thing. Like, you know, like, uh, I've had an, an a Webflow agency reach out to us for some, um, animation help. Um, you know, just little stuff like that where, you know, we're not the, we're not like, we don't, I don't think we have people who are like insane, you know, Joseph Berry type animation level yet, but, um, you know, we can reach out to someone else who, who does right. And then give them some work too, or, and they can reach out to us for like, you know, just building out stuff, direct capacity, et cetera and stuff. Yeah. How did you decide to just scale back? Cause I know recently you were a design and development studio and you've recently shared that you're just now a development studio. So talk to me about what that was like for you. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it's like kind of being self-aware, um, right? For like my business, I just don't have the expertise myself to really take on these really big client projects. So we need like the highest quality design um, and like people who really know, like understanding like the color theory and like, you know, what goes here, what goes there. Um, and then I've had, I have a, I've had a designer too, but I just don't have that, that, uh, leadership myself because i just don't have that expertise to like really like help you know develop um the designer or just make sure they're doing a, a great job and so um and plus it just honestly it's it's pretty you can ask a lot of design agencies or designers there's a lot of back and forth this design is subjective it takes the longest um you know in projects and so i'll just like you know what like i rather just focus on what we're good at what we can do uh, really quickly because you know if you're doing just, um, are there so many different Webflow agencies that you got to try to make yourself, uh, you know, stand out and, you know, speed is something that we are uh, really doubling down on now. Um, and, you know, startups, it's like our, our niche that we're targeting and they want speed. Um, so, yeah. I love that you talked it's kind about of like self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. Self-awareness is key. And especially when you're just starting out, I think a lot of times we try and overcome imposter syndrome by just continuing to do the same thing. And it sounds like you learned very quickly that while you could continue to do that, it wasn't going to be beneficial for you as a studio and just time-wise. Like <laughs> as a person, you didn't have enough yeah. time. Yeah. So I think that's really great that you learned that so early on because a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, we might, we, we might, it's like it's business, right? So if we find out that it's not working out, just doing development only, um, you know, revenue is going down a lot and stuff or things just aren't working out, we'll reintroduce it. And I'll just probably, um, you know, really take have to take time to make sure that we get, you know, designers with a lot of experience and um, get those uh, infra- infrastructure in place, in place to, uh, you know, really make sure that we have a set process for everything and that we can really, um, you know, tone down the back and forths and um, the clients not being, you know, or this isn't what the clients expected type thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. So maybe when I go back to it, I don't, I have no problem changing my mind again. You know what I mean? Um, if it's not working out, then it's not working out. Yeah. Again, super key that I think there's a lot of flexibility here that sometimes we get caught up in what other people are sharing or doing and think, oh no, well, I've gone down this path. I can't pivot or change my mind or kind of reinvent what I'm doing. And it's just not true. You've had huge success continuously reinventing. And, you know, while I was in social media and then I decided to dive further into Webflow and now I've started an agency and <laughs> I just pivoted away from design. Yeah. I mean, we can see how that sometimes those rapid iterations 
lead to growth faster than actually continuing to dig in and, you know, give it the time that you could get there, but at a slower pace. So it's all within context. Everybody is their own individual, but I do appreciate that you are so attuned with, you know, what you should be doing, not only as a business owner, but you as a person. People think just because they tweet about it or it's made public and stuff that they can't go back. I really don't care. I will go back and say that, you know, it just wasn't working out business wise. We have a better process now. And, you know, now we're offering design again. People shouldn't be scared that just because they tweeted about it or they let people know one decision that they can't go back on it. Absolutely. That's super sound advice for everybody starting out. I I was told many times <laughs> that I pivoted too fast and it came back to self-awareness, right? That it I wasn't making me happy. So why would I continue to do it? They're like, oh, you were just starting to gain traction. I'm like, but in the wrong direction. That wasn't what I wanted. So I, I pivoted. Yeah. 100%. I'm so glad it's you just stressful, the, the so stressful fact. It's not, it's so not worth doing stuff that you're just like stressing out. You don't love your work like no more. You know what I mean? Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So what I'm you sure said, you yeah. had stress, you know, when you were looking for another social media role and then decided you wanted to maybe do design and you were looking for a full-time role while trying to grow this agency and now the agency growing so quickly. What has the balance been like? How have you been able to kind of maintain that balance in your personal life along with the business growth? Yeah, um, this is my first successful business. Like I've tried things before and just completely failed or uh, I just kind of gave up on it right away. Um, So this is kind of like, a lot yeah it's like it's pretty it's honestly stressful right because it's not just me anymore we're like oh all i gotta do is make like two thousand dollars this month and i'll be fine on my bills and stuff like i have other people now who are like kind of depending on me to like um you know they're contractors yeah but like i kind of like look at them like as like you know part of the team um and like you know it's like i want to make sure that they are continuously having work and they can pay their bills type stuff you know because um i feel like they're just depending on me for that um, so, and then plus learning how to manage people, um, cause you don't want to be a micromanager. You don't want to like not give that support and infrastructure. Um, and then, you know, just like, man, I'm, I don't even know how to manage myself. So I'm still trying to figure out how to manage like everyone, you know what I mean? Um, but luckily I've had, you know, one good, um, you know, good hires and stuff. And I have a, a project manager who's kind of more like operations, honestly, or like, um, who's really like gone above and beyond to help. Um, and like, like try to help me figure out processes and, um, just like all this organizational stuff that I just wouldn't have done myself or I couldn't have done myself just because it's not my strength. You know what I mean? Um, so I guess it's just uh, finding good, really good people who, um, are better suited for your weaknesses. And then, uh, you know, you guys can, you know, work together on going forward and stuff. How have you been dealing with new leadership? Are you actively seeking out any kind of communities or mentorship to help you kind of grow into this role? Have you been talking with other agency owners? Yeah, I've definitely been trying to reach out to um, agency owners. Uh, I've had a talk with, you know, Mason from Edgar Allen Co., um, Mike from uh, Minimum Studio, um, and just, you know, hopefully more people along the way just trying to figure out, you know, how they kind of go about things, you know. Um, just because I do want to have a really good, um, culture and work environment and stuff. And I want things to be, you know, smooth. So we don't have any problems with, you know, client work because, you know, for your agency, your reputation is really key. Um, and so we really want to try to minimize anything on the client side. So that all comes down to, you know, how you, how you guys are working. Um, so definitely been asking for help. I really don't know everything. I'm starting to try to find some books or something like that. Um, asking my brother, who's a manager at a company and stuff. So um, still trying to figure it out. I've, I've been trying to take the approach of like, you know, not micromanaging, just kind of um, having some set like deadlines or something or weekly reviews, maybe um, still trying to figure out exactly what we should or how to go about it. But um, just to kind of, you know, so it's not just, you know, here's a project, you know, go do it. And I never talk to you again until it's done. Um, so I definitely want to find a balance where it's not like they feel like they have room to grow and they can like do their thing uh, that I hire them for. But like, you know, they still have that support and stuff like that. Interesting to hear how you're trying to balance all of this. <laughs> and do you still have any kind of personal life or are you falling into the trap that most of us do when we finally have success and traction that it's all consuming and we're, we're not doing anything else and we're online 24 seven? Yeah, it's kind of honestly, it's kind of like that um my girlfriend gets a little mad at me for like being on my phone when we're hanging out or something um but i've been you know i've been really trying 
to not work after like a certain time at night, but you know, I still kind of do. And then on the weekends, I really try not to, um, but it's just harder when you're like the actual business owner. Um, you know, I really try to make it so that the contractors aren't working on the weekends. I don't really try to ask for them or ask them anything or message them at all over the weekend. Um, but there's certain times where I have to like, you know, stay up to three in the morning, finishing projects just because I want it to be done on time. And that's just how it is. You know, eventually you get to a point where you can delegate even more and you have processes and, you know, you can go home on time or I mean, not me going out on my desk right. is literally next to my bed, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I, <laughs> if there's one piece of advice I could give you is to figure out how to either hire or delegate so that you can get proper sleep and rest and disconnect. Uh, Cause I, I just, <sighs> you'll burn out. It's it's yeah. Yeah. Like I'm surprised like having burned out by now, it's been like at least a couple months now, like kind of every day. Um, but, you know, just, I guess the excitement of finally having something that's working and that's actually, you know, getting successful is really, you know, pushing me. And then these deals are just getting bigger and bigger. It's very exciting, um, I'm sure, to finally have traction and feel like, yes, I'm making, because you're making good money right now. <laughs> um, so congratulations on that, because I think it's it's pretty amazing to watch people, especially folks who have been transparent as yourself, you know, uh, share their journey. And you did a great Indie Hackers post on it that you kind of shared how you went from $1,000 or, well, nothing really in the hole to, you know, up to 35 grand. And it's just really amazing to have those kinds of transparent discussions because I think we don't talk about how much it sucks for the first like four months that that wasn't happening. And you feel like quitting so much. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like um, I have one of my clients who I'm like actually like good friends with now. His name is Jaron from Colorstack, um, Colorstack.org, um, and he was literally the only reason that I was able to pay my bills for like May and June, because luckily we just had maintenance work to do. Um, but I didn't land any new clients, nothing like those like two months. You know what I mean? Um, and I was so stressed out, like wow, like this just is not working. Um, I'm about to go back to a, you know, dead end physical labor job. Um, cause that's, you know, that's my only other option without, cause I don't really have like, you know, these like set skills and I haven't go to college, you know, nothing like that where, um, I can really like find a tech job or startup job or anything like actually like, you know, where it pays like a level of wage and stuff, um, to move out the crib and stuff, you know what I mean? Um, but I wanted to quit so much. Uh, it was, it was pretty bad. Like, I was so always trying to look for new jobs and stuff. And like, people were asking me like, Oh, aren't you doing ammo? I was like, yeah, but just like, you know, it's not working out. Um, and you know, even my girlfriend was there for a lot of it where I just wanted to quit so much. And, um, you know, finally things started, you know, popping off at the like end of July and then everything started closing in August. Um, yeah. So that's the reason I kind of like do these type of podcasts. I don't do it to like, you know, like show off or anything, um, at all. It's just kind of one, you know, I get a lot of messages from people who are like, in my position a few months ago, you know, like people were seeing my success or whatever. And, you know, they don't forget that it was literally like two or three months ago where I was dead broke. Um, like it wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Um, but it's to kind of like motivate them, inspire them to keep going because, you know, things just take time. Um, and uh, that's kind of yeah why I like to talk about my story because, you know, I really came from a background where it's like, you know, like I had nothing in front of me, no type of actual way of becoming successful. You know, I was just going to kind of do the same route my family's been doing for, you know, generations, working like just whatever jobs and not making anything crazy and stuff. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been No, cool. and I appreciate you sharing because I think it is really, really helpful to hear that other people have been in that spot. And when you're in that spot, I've been in that spot. Feel like I'm still in that spot. <laughs> I can pay my bills, but you know, when you when you're kind of in the middle of it, you feel almost on an island, and you ha- just can't see any way out. And it does help to have people share. You know, I have absolutely been in your spot and know that they were friends and family can absolutely support you, but unless somebody has truly been in the, the position that you're in, that the empathy isn't really there, just because they. <laughs> 
they don't know. They don't know what it's like when you're, you know, up late at night stressing about how am I going to find another client? Do I try and get a job? Like, what is the next paycheck going to come from? Um, It's stressful. It's really stressful. Yeah. So as you're becoming more successful, are you now building out kind of a cushion? Because as we've all heard, there are always those months that, you know, for whatever reason, no clients come and then the next month they do. So are you, you kind of building in a little bit of a safety net now for yourself? Yeah. Um, I honestly, <laughs> I think this is a mistake. A lot of people who are um, don't have money and then once they start getting money, they like spend a little too much. Um, and I did honestly spent way more money than I should have these last like couple months. Um, kind of just like, Oh, let me get some food here. Let me do this here. Let me, you know what I mean? Like, um, but it adds up and I, you know, I kind of messed up on that. something that I should have not have done. Um, but you know, I'm working with a CPA firm and, um, uh, you know, an accounting and stuff like that. And so we're starting to save more and, you know, from every project and stuff. And then, um, you know, with the, the last few projects, it's been kind of my developer doing most of the work and I kind of like managing everything. Um, but I'm probably going to like, yeah. you know, start working alongside with her to uh, build these projects out too. So one, like, you know, I can like keep stacking stuff so I can reinvest it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been pretty <laughs> bad on that part. Uh, nothing too crazy, you know, I'm still like, you know, I'm still really good in the bank, and stuff, but uh, just definitely not the smartest decisions that I made. Um, but yeah, definitely trying to, you know, make a, a big, you know, cushion because yeah, it is, you know, like even this month has been kind of slow. Um, I've been getting a couple of clients or leads and stuff, um, but nothing has closed yet. It's kind of been like that for the last two months where at first, like, you know, things aren't really popping off or things aren't closing. And then, you know, the last few weeks things close and, you know, they're pretty good sized deals. Um, but yeah, people, when you, if you start making money, like, you know, save it and reinvest into the business, that's actually going to have a, a return. You know, there's sometimes I buy like courses or something. I'm like, oh yeah, they might have a return from this. And then there's no actual like measured return on that. Um, cause you know, you don't even do the course a lot of times. Um, so just, you know, be really smart with your money and stuff and get all these bad financial, you know, programs or habits. Um, you know, just cause you have the money doesn't mean you should spend it type thing. Yeah. And don't forget about taxes. If you're here in the States. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those quarterly taxes are brutal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look how little I made. <laughs> Things have been pretty consistent with the last few months. Um, since August, it wasn't just a one hit month. You know what I mean? Like um, September was another 30. And then this month, um, I guess is like, you know, pr- pretty much on the same path. So it's been consistently now like at around 30, 25, 30. Um, so, you know, like, and so by December, I'll probably hit six figures. Um, and uh, I definitely need to save and <laughs> because I don't want to have no money in the bank and then I got to pay my taxes and I'm going to get in trouble my first year of business. You know what I mean? Um, Talk to me about marketing. So marketing, as all the listeners know, is just my worst thing. I'm so terrible at marketing, but I'm interested to hear how you're approaching marketing, especially as a new studio. Um Right now it's been kind of, or for like recently, it's been just like posting stuff on Twitter and, um, I guess it resonates with people, um, just because I think I've just been really transparent and stuff. And so people like that. And so I've been getting a lot of followers. Um, you know, I think I jumped from like August, I had like six or 700 followers and now I'm at like 1300. Um, so that's been kind of, you know, the only marketing channel, when I was speaking about reinvesting for my business, I'm probably going to start, you know, actually trying to do some more marketing stuff like, um, you know, like SEO blogs and like, cause I have a, a guy that, um, his name's Jesse that, um, you know, is going to do our SEO for you know us. And then like any clients that we get for that, uh, we have a partnership with, um, Neiman creative. Um, and, uh, so I'm gonna start doing that. So hopefully, you know, things are, going to start becoming more inbound and like organic um in terms of like other marketing stuff uh haven't really thought about it too much um i'm trying to figure out how to make sure that things are uh consistently like around like 25 30 uh at first you know maybe start doing some templates and like ui kits and like you know products like that um to um you know to kind of add for any down months um but, and then eventually probably start really trying to, 
you know, go that fin suite route and really like produce content and like, you know, make actual like extensions of products for like Webflow or whatever. Um, and just kind of get that like lead traffic and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like so you're going a pretty traditional marketing route. I always think it's interesting to talk to folks about marketing. I try and always think of all of the ways like this is marketing, right? You're marketing yourself on the podcast, <laughs> unintended. That's my kind of marketing. <laughs> uh, yeah, traditional marketing is is tough. It's good you're working with an SEO expert. Um, highly recommend that to folks who are have any kind of studio or product or course. You definitely need to get someone on board who understands SEO because it does play a huge role. <laughs> what you're doing yeah especially um, if you're trying to go long term with everything you know yeah for you sure need a CEO, let me know <laughs> right yeah quick plug diego hook you up um amazing so we've talked so much about this business and your journey so far but i i want to kind of touch on if someone is where you were a couple months ago and they were trying to start this but they are not getting any traction and they're really kind of doubting themselves what advice would you give them while they were kind of in that scenario yeah um you know, the thing that really changed everything for me was like really starting to go and do keyword research on Twitter. Um, I'll just lay out the whole playbook right now that I'm, I've been doing. That's have, I don't really care. Um, one, I look up Webflow. I look up uh, the actual term. I look up at Webflow. I look up hashtag Webflow. I scroll, scroll, scroll every single day, multiple times a day until I see someone that says we're looking for Webflow developers or whatever. I respond. I reach out to them, I DM them. Um, there's certain times for people, like I kind of see startups, um, I look at their website, if it you know looks a little bit outdated or things aren't looking well, um, like built right, uh, built um, you know incorrectly or whatever, I'd reach out, cold email or cold uh, DM. That's only worked like once to be honest, um, but it's a pretty big startup, so it's pretty exciting. I might start working with them in December. Um, but yeah, just really like, you know, taking the time to do that keyword research and replying to everyone and then but you also need to have good work you know people are not going to just reach out or respond or whatever if your work's not good but you know if you're really just starting out i would just do projects for dirt cheap even if it's like a 20 page website for 500 bucks you know you just make you know you just got to pay your dues um you know I've, I've done projects like that for like really really small um maybe not that big but you know for small amounts and uh or hourly and stuff um, and you just got to do what you got to do. I'll, honestly, I would reach out to Webflow agencies, um, or like studios and stuff, or, you know, freelancers, um, because that's the quickest way to money. That's the quickest way to, um, experience portfolio. Um, just because, you know, they are super busy with stuff and then they just need, you know, additional help. Um, and so they'll just pass it along to you, you know, and as long as you, you know, make sure that you do really good work, um, and go above and beyond like you'll keep getting that that clientele or that kind of work and stuff from agencies and then eventually you can use those portfolio work as for your um other clients like just reaching out to clients or um them reaching out to you that's so i always tell people when they message me about that i always tell them to like just reach out to every single web agency in the world um or whatever tool you use and then you know like just say like oh you know, is there, if there's any work I can help you with, let me know, I'll do it for really cheap just to get your business or your part, like a partnership, start a relationship, and then um, kind of go from there. That's probably the most actionable yeah. stuff I can, I can say, like the quickest return on investment. Absolutely. Great insights there. So to recap, basically what you said was practice. You need to practice, build different sites, take the courses. Yep. So we need to do that need to be proactive, searching keyword searches. And if you do an advanced search, you can save that. I have that set up for community stuff as well. I had it set up for Webflow when I was doing Webflow design. Absolutely highly recommend it. So set that up and be proactive and just put yourself out there, <laughs> which is probably the hardest of those three. Yeah. Like, you know, like the first point where you're saying where you, you have to practice and you have to be good because there's a lot of people, including myself, who are reaching out also to these people on Twitter and they're going to check the portfolios and they're going to see, you know, the differences and the quality. And if you're not up to par, like you're not going to get picked, you know what I'm saying? So you can do all this, this work and stuff. Uh, I mean, you might be able to beat out on price, you know, starting off, I wouldn't recommend that long-term. Um, but even just reaching out to family and friends or local businesses and stuff, like I'll do your website for like 500 bucks. Um, 
and just getting that experience and then getting that um, that portfolio because um, you know every new every project there's new things that you need to learn and that you know for the next time that happens you know you you already have done it before and stuff so you really need experience um, so yeah keyword research reaching out to people you know on the tweets and DMs um, and then reaching out to agencies that's probably the probably the number one thing I would do. Um, because people are going to need help with work and they're, you know, too stacked up and, you know, they'll happily pass along if your work's good, you know. That's sound advice. Uh, I appreciate you sharing all of that. I think a lot of people just are afraid to reach out. That stops a lot of folks. I, every time I hear about <laughs> people who didn't have success, it's usually because they were afraid you had too much imposter syndrome or just worried about rejection or failure, you know, to reach out to some other folks in the industry. So I think really working on that will help you go far because even if your skills aren't there, most of these agency owners, if it's via DM, they'll get back to you. It might not be right away, but you know, if you, you're being thoughtful in your approach and talking to them, most everybody's out here to help you and will give you actionable feedback, even if it's small to, you know, help you progress to the next step. I say that due to experience, like people have reached out to me I've worked with them and like I gave them projects and stuff. Um, some people didn't do a good job and I'm not going to work with them again. And other people did. And I'm continuing going to be passing them work whenever, um, you know, it's necessary or appropriate. Don't spam people. You know, you don't want to like create a copy and paste type thing. You want to actually like, you know, care because if you want to be successful or, you know, think too, honestly, is like business is literally about solving problems. So you got to learn how to solve some problems, right? Like you can't be asking people for every step of the way, you know, um, what to do, what to do, what do I do? Like, bro, like, or, you know, just go figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's what business is about is literally solving problems. If you can't solve problems, you know, you probably shouldn't be in business, you know? So I don't, I, I don't know what to tell people like that. Like, we just need handholding for every single thing. Like, bro, like, how are you going to have a business if you can't solve the problems? You know what I mean? Like, obviously you can ask for advice and here and there, but like, I wouldn't try to ask for every single thing, you know? So figure it out yourself. Google's yeah. out there. Um, podcasts. YouTube videos, all that stuff's out there. So there's so much free information out there. And I totally agree with you. I think if you are uncomfortable with the ambiguity of the business solutions you're trying to solve, you should take a step back and ask yourself why, because you have a bit more internal work to do first and focus on why it is that you are uncomfortable in that situation resolve that before you move forward. Yeah. Nobody is going to give you a step-by-step -step playbook because what worked for them will not work for you. You need to take everything and digest it and then regurgitate what works within context for you as a person, what you're hoping to do, the tools you're working with. You know, This example is with Webflow, but you could do this with any of these tools. You, you just have to understand why it is you want to do what you want to do. And if it's just money, it's not going to work out for you. You're going to burn out fast. <laughs> Yeah. Very fast. Especially when yeah. things aren't working out Definitely. right away. Yeah. Amazing advice. I appreciate all of it. You know, failure. We touched a little bit on it, but I am curious to hear what you think your most impactful failure has been since we we talked last. I've had a lot of different things that have happened. There's some projects that we completely messed up. You know, we just refunded the client the money. There's been times where I completely messed up on sales calls. You know, just I could have got their business probably if I just, you know, did it better. I think, honestly, Ammo's been a failure until recently. I guess hitting the lowest of lows in like, or in June and stuff, where I really just like had no type of clients. I guess that really ended up pushing me to want to go harder and like have a different approach and strategy and stuff. I don't know if I thought things were just going to come to me type thing. Now, every day, I'm, like I said, I'm doing the keyword research and I'm just making it happen. Um, so I guess, you know, that those two months specifically kind of, you know, we're like really had to like the thought that I might have to go back to a, a normal or a job and stuff. And they are really just like, oh, my God. So that's all I can think of the top of my head right now. Those are amazing to share. And I think a lot of people can sympathize with that. Hitting kind of rock bottom in the business and not making enough to sustain yourself feels like a huge failure. <laughs> and it's always at those lowest lows that seem to push you forward because uh, it's a make or break for you and you kind of examine why you're doing what you're doing. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. And you decided, I'm going to take action and move forward. And it's paid out so far. And uh, it's pretty good. I, I mean, 
like you know i post a lot of wins but i i do still have a lot of failures and stuff when it comes to you know either internal stuff not managing things correctly or um you know like not closing these sales like say like last month um i was having kind of some anxiety about if august was going to be the only month where i was like you know like pretty successful and stuff um and i was like really stressing out about if september was going to work out or not and the first few weeks you know i had a lot of leads or sales calls and I wasn't closing anything. And then finally at the last like couple weeks um, is when, you know, I got those pretty big projects and stuff, like both um, five figures and then, um, you know, like it really worked out. So um, yeah, I guess even still today, like, you know, I get either ghosted by client or leads or I get rejected just because either pricing or, um, you know, portfolio doesn't match exactly what they want or whatever so there's still you know still things that i'm trying to figure out and stuff it's not 100 percent every time i have a sales call i get it and i feel like that's an important lesson to remember that that's probably going to be a never i mean i'm sure there's a few agencies that every time they get on the phone they they land a, a call but i would still venture to guess that that's an extremely small portion most of the time it, it's just like I look at it as if you're interviewing constantly, right? Because you are, you're trying to see, is this client a match for me? Am I a match for them? Are we going to work well together? You know, either business style wise, uh, you know, timeline wise, money wise, all of those things you're trying to match up constantly. So being an, an agency owner, a freelancer, you know, anything that you're doing on your own is a constant lesson in failure. <laughs> just yeah, seriously. It's like, you know, getting lucky a couple of times and then just, it, you know, adds up typing. Well, I'm so excited to continue to watch uh, the studio grow and expand and what's on the horizon for you and hear more about your learnings. I appreciate so much you sharing and being so transparent about all of the ups and downs and the things you're still trying to figure out because I, I think we just don't talk about it enough that we're all just learning as we go. Um, and I, I think it's great that you shared that. So hopefully that will resonate with a lot of folks. Where can people get in touch with you if they want to hire you or just follow along with your journey? Sure. My website's ammo.studio. You can reach out if you need any projects. Um, and then my Twitter is uh, the one with the number Diego Diaz. You can follow me and reach out to me anytime just to offer some advice or just, um, you know, become homies, stuff like that. <laughs> Awesome. I'll be sure to link it all in the show notes as well so you can connect. And I'm going to drop in the link to the Indie Hackers post too so you can read more about in detail questions and answers on his uh, journey from starting the studio. Thank you so much for joining me again, Diego. This was such a great catch up and maybe we'll do it again in another yeah. uh, year or so. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see you know where we're both at by then. But yeah, thank you so much for having me again. It was, it was a pleasure. That wraps up this week's show. Thank you to our guest for joining us, sharing your journey, your fails, and lessons along the way. If you want to follow along in between episodes, you can catch me on Twitter at Sarah No Socks. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help the podcast. Until next time, bye.